It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everyone. You are in the spotlight with Brian Garner for this Tuesday, October 6, 2015. Good to have you all here for our first of three shows this week, part one of our fifth anniversary spectacular and really what will be a month of celebration, reminiscing, nostalgia, changes, new experiences, big things, big events. You name it, we have it. It's going to be huge. You do not want to miss this. Really, not just a month celebration, maybe like a year-long celebration is what we're really going for. You know, we said this at this time last year that we we're heading into like our fifth year, and we did some new things. We did some special things. And then, you know, people don't realize, you know, there's always this feeling that you have to do the celebration on all the big things prior to the anniversary, but really, once you hit the milestone, that's really, in my opinion, when you do the really big stuff, because then you're like, all right, we hit it, you you look at the past, and then you move to the future, and then you do it up big, and that's what we're going to do, and you're going to start seeing that manifest itself, not even not so much this week, because we, this week is more about looking back, um, and, and also doing the things that you have grown accustomed to us doing, Um. And then when we get to next week, you'll start to to get these so many of these things that we've hyped, so many of these things that we've teased, and you'll see what I mean as we as we get to next week. Tonight is going to be, I, I guess, true to form in a lot of ways. We are going to do the usual things we do on Tuesday: discuss sports and wrestling. On the wrestling side of things, we'll discuss John Cena's impending time off and how it will affect WWE. And that's going to be on the wrestling side of things. On the sports side of things, we will preview the MLB playoffs, which is on the way tonight, actually getting on the way right now, with the AL wildcard playoff game between the, the Yankees, who are hosting the game, and the Houston Astros. We'll obviously update you throughout the night about that game as we're on the air. And then, of course, we have another wildcard game tomorrow, the NL wildcard game between the Pirates and the Cubs, the Pirates hosting that game. We'll preview the, the playoffs make a couple predictions, have some fun, and talk about the end of the regular season. And that will be our sports discussion for tonight. And in the midst of all that, we will reminisce a little bit, not a lot, a little bit, and, you know, get, get real nostalgic at times, and then that will be our show for tonight. Thursday is going to be the longer of the two shows. It will be the bigger of the two shows. Thursday, of course, we'll do our usual entertainment stuff, box office beat, um, Couple other entertainment things. Maybe uh, we'll probably continue. We'll probably do another fall TV report, which would be part five, I believe, of that. So that'll be pretty much the uh, the usual content that we do. That will be it for that. The rest of the show and the bulk of the show will be dedicated to the anniversary. Um, my other co uh, co host Justin will be joining us on that show. He will not be joining us tonight. So that's why I want to say most of the anniversary stuff for Thursday, even though this one this show is closer to. Our actual anniversary, which was yesterday, um, as I told you, it's going to be kind of 
broken up over a few shows rather than doing one full show of anniversary content. So, Thursday, bulk of it will be nostalgic, we'll reminisce, we'll have some fun. Um, also, I don't know yet, he hasn't told me, I don't know why he's being so mysterious, but it could be Jeff Tech's last show on Thursday, so if, if that is the case, and I hope um, it's not, I'd rather give him his own kind of send-off separate anniversary, but if it is, then we'll do something special for him on Thursday as well. Um, we got a couple of surprises planned, uh, not for, necessarily for tonight, but for Thursday, because I wanted everybody that could be here to be here. So tonight you get a little bit of a, a little bit of, of the anniversary stuff, not a whole lot. And again, I know everyone's like, wait, the anniversary is yesterday. Shouldn't you do all your anniversary stuff tonight? No, okay, I told you, we're spring it up. So you get a little bit tonight, you get a taste of it, and then Thursday you get a, quite a bit of it. And then next week it's going to be some interesting things going on. And what those things are, what these changes I keep mentioning are, hinting around at, some of you already know, some of you don't. Some of the things that we've hyped you know about, some of them you don't. I've been just, some of them I've been vaguely teasing for a while. You will get a lot of answers to your questions on Thursday's show. So you want to make sure that you tune in for that. That is a huge show not just from a looking back standpoint and from, uh, you know, us discussing what we usually discuss, but from the standpoint of our future. So make sure you tune in for that. So tonight, part one of our anniversary celebration, Thursday, part two, and, of course, Friday, we will have football Friday. And whether we're going to record it ahead or not, I'll, I'll let you all know. I do not think we will, though. We have too much going on this weekend. I don't think I can do, you know, record it on Thursday again. So I think I'll just do it what we usually do and do it live on Friday. But I'll let you know for sure if that's the case on Thursday's program. So, all right, so that's a little taste of this week. I'm not going to get into next week because, as I said, a lot of that will be announced, talked about on Thursday. I've already mentioned a few times. Um, I already mentioned a little bit about what might be going on next week, but I'll get into it more in full on Thursday's show. Tonight, again, is the more tame of the two shows. It's the more, um, I guess, lighter on content of the two shows, okay? We don't have as much tonight. I didn't want to do two overly long shows this week. I just didn't. So I thought, let's do tonight as the shorter of the two, and then Thursday when we have not only Mike but Justin, and you know it, it makes sense to do every more so more stuff on Thursday than on Tuesday. So that's what we're gonna do. So as I as I explained, that's that's the system we're gonna use. And I know I already prepared for the complaints. I'm already prepared for. It. I know people are gonna think, wait, wait, wait. Tomorrow is October 5th, the anniversary. You should do more of it the next day. I, as I've said earlier tonight, and I'm already getting complaints. You have to do it the way you have to do it. I just think it's better to do it this way. Again, I want my, all my co-hosts here, and I think it's better. Plus, people want to watch the wild card game, so, including myself. So, you know what? It is what it is, okay? It's a week-long celebration. Actually, it's a year-long celebration, as I said. So, you know what? No rush. And I don't think people want too much nostalgia all in one show anyway. I think if you break it up, it works better. We did that last year, and it seemed to go over better. That's why we're going to do it again this year, so. All right, so with all that being said, as always, if you would like to interact and contribute with us during our show, get your voice heard, especially on this, our fifth anniversary, 
Feel free to email us at itspotway411 at gmail.com. Again, it's itspotway411 at gmail.com. You can also follow us and tweet us at itspotway411. Again, it's at itspotway411. And don't forget to use the hashtag, hashtag itspotway411. Again, it's hashtag itspotway411. Or starting tonight and for the rest of this year, you can also use the hashtag, hashtag ITS5. That's hashtag ITS5 to represent our fifth anniversary. Also, on Facebook, you can search for us by looking for us under our current title, which will be changing after this week, In the Spotlight with Brian Gardner. Again, it's In the Spotlight with Brian Gardner. You want to search for us using that title on Facebook. Once you find our Facebook fan page, like our page, and then go ahead and post whatever you'd like to post. I just kind of teased you on one of the big changes, which is changing the title of our show. More on that on Thursday. Um... All right, so that's all the information you need. Again, we'll update you about the AL wildcard game throughout the night while we are on the air as the Yankees take on the Astros from Yankee Stadium. Masahiro Tanaka versus Dallas Keiko. Dallas Keiko, the Houston Astros ace, who will likely, either him or David Price, will be the AL Cy Young winner. Um, Keiko going on three days rest. Um, of course, the big news yesterday from baseball was CC Sabathia and him announcing that he will enter rehab for alcoholism, thereby ending his regular season. This, of course, follows a month where he came back from the DL and pitched extremely well to a 2.17 ERA. It was a shock to everybody, of course. Over the last few months, there's been a lot of talk about CC and how he's sometimes been rough around the edges in interviews, how there's been some incidents, including an incident at a Toronto club back in August, there's been a lot of talk about things going on with him. Everybody thought it was because of his struggles as far as pitching goes, and maybe, you know, with this alcohol, with them bad with alcoholism, that was a, a contributing factor. You know, there's some people that think his announcement yesterday makes a lot, you know, makes a lot of sense. It makes some sense out of a lot of the actions that he's done in the last year. Look, the bottom line is this. Now, this is all I'm going to say about it. His teammates, and, and CeCe Sabathia is a beloved teammate, Everybody in that clubhouse loves him. Everybody around baseball loves him, okay? He got an overwhelming amount of support. Yes, I saw some people question the timing. He got an overwhelming amount of support yesterday. Um, that shows, that speaks volumes. He did what he had to do. He has to battle this. He's going to rehab. He's doing the right thing here, getting help. And he doesn't just want to pay, do, you know, doesn't just, just, just want to run in there go in for a week, and then come out and risk not being recovered. He wants to spend as much time there as he needs to. I applaud him for that. So, obviously, we wish him well in dealing with this this situation because it's not easy. Anybody that's been through it that you know of, I'm sure everybody in some way, shape, or form knows somebody that has battled alcoholism, okay, or any kind of addiction, and it's a serious thing, and it's something that takes time and a lot of commitment, it's a very hard thing on a daily basis to manage. So we wish him luck. We wish him well. And and we wish his family well during this difficult time because it's obviously not going to be easy on them. So that's the CC Sebastian situation. Obviously, that's a big blow to the Yankees, who are already suffering from so many injuries to key players. So that will be a storyline going forward here with them, um, you know, whether they win or lose tonight. Um, so... Now, the rest of the story for the playoffs is, is this, and I'm, I'm, why wait for Mike, I figure I might as well start this stuff, because so, he don't like talking about baseball anyway, so why waste time, right? 
Um, the other overwhelming um, theme going into the postseason is this. So much has been made of how difficult it's been in the league for offense in the last couple of years. It's become more of a pitching league, okay? Pitchers have dominated baseball over the last two, three years. We know this for a lot of reasons. You know, the advent of the defensive shifts. A lot of more teams are shifting on teams, on players that pull the ball. You've seen, you know, people think it's the aftermath of the steroid era, and players are, you know, have, you know, got there's been a lot more injuries. Players are not what they used to be because the game has been cleaned up. Drugs are out of the game for the most part, or as it looks anyway. And you hope that's the case, but, you know. Um, and then, of course, there's the, 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 the whole sabermetric thing and the way teams have been built now. As opposed to before, when it was just about finding the best players, now it's about run prevention and all these other things. So there's been a lot of factors that people have blamed the current feel, the, the, the most recent feel and theme of baseball, which was it's pitching, 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 and defense. Well, this season we did see the hints of the return of offense. You talk about the Cardinals, you talk about the Rangers, you talk about the Astros, who are home run hinting. The Yankees made a big comeback in, in, in offense. Toronto, the Angels. Um, what's, uh, I'm missing a team here. I'm, I'm blanking. I'm so sorry. Um, you know, Kansas City last year was, was more of a methodical team, became more of an offensive team this year. You've seen more offense. Cubs. The Mets, even when they got United Cespedes, you've seen offense slowly making a return, which is very good for the game because that's what drives people to the game. People can look. I'm a baseball purist. Okay, I do like myself a good one nothing game or a one one pitching duel. I do, but you need. But I'm not stupid. Mainstream audiences want to watch offense. If you give them offense, they're more likely to watch a game. Nobody likes to see a Yankee Red Sox game be two to one. They like the 9, 8, 17, 8, 16 games. You know what I mean? That's what they like. It's a lot of fun. It's, you're starting to see more teams adjust. You're starting to see batters adjust. You're seeing good young players come up that are good offensive players. There's been a transition this year, and I think it bodes well for the game. We saw, especially in the second half of the season, offense started taking over. That's a very good sign for the league as it goes into the next year and the years that follow. So that's a good sign. Not only for the postseason, but for the seasons that follow. That's a theme that you want to check out during this postseason. We talked the last about the last couple of weeks a lot. The last couple of weeks about potential matchups, which I will mention in a moment. My co-host has disappeared on the line, so let me bring him on. Sorry to deflect here. Mike, you are in the spotlight. No, no, no. That's okay. Keep talking about whatever random non-basketball sport you were talking about. Sorry, I wasn't paying attention anyway. <laughs> well, I did. I, I figured that you're not. You're always. You're not into talking about baseball. So why not start and get past some things that we don't waste time? So, I, I thought you'd appreciate that. But yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not complaining, though, am I? No, you're not. You actually are very appreciative. You know who else isn't complaining? The third member of our team. Nice segue, huh? I'm on my game tonight. You have to admit. You have to admit I'm on my game. I am. I haven't been listening, honestly. I, I, you never do. <laughs> anyway. 
allow me to introduce the third member of our team, who is primed and ready to go as our technical guru, and he's in his last few shows. Everybody say hi to Jeff Tech. Who, of course, is our technical guru. Um, instead of crying for those last few shows, he's going to get back to painting. He's going to painting. He's going to flood the walls with white, maybe an off-white, maybe a pearl color. Um, just, just in terms of his effort, that's how he's going to celebrate. He's going to paint the walls white in joy in terms of being a technical guru in the history of this show. At, the, at this at this point, we're just going to pull back the curtain. Will by little. And they're, and they're going to say, oh, God, no, please. Please don't pull back the curtain. I'm, please I'm put it back closed. I'm actually imagining, like, people, like, listening to us right now going, oh, God, here it comes. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> you, you, you said it, not me. Hey. God. You said we're pulling back the curtain, so I can we can both say whatever the heck we want. I mean, I that that. Oh, that, I, I I wasn't gonna go that far. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, he Jeff Tech was coming around the mountain. He was coming around the mountain. He was coming around the mountain as he comes. You can't really censor that because it's actually a song. <laughs> Can you? Well, who cares? Uh, whatever. <laughs> um, and and by comes, I mean he might actually call on the show. Maybe. Maybe not. Like I, I like not, I said, go ahead. That was that was the reference. Yeah. If you guys thought anything else, and you guys need to get your minds out of the gutter. All right, get your minds out of the damn gutter. Like I said earlier. I don't know if Thursday is going to be the last show or not. I'm kind of hoping he tells me in advance. He's been playing a very mysterious. Because um, I think he's afraid if we tell him it's his last show that we'll just, like, go nuts on him or something. But, yeah, he hasn't told me if Thursday is it or not. He said right around the fifth anniversary, and here we are. So, I don't know. We'll see. But Is, 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 he, stat, is he scared that we're going to go off on him? I uh, I think so, yeah. Uh, is he is he terrified that we might, you say, bust a nut over it? <laughs> you could say that, yes. Oh, I could say that. Mm. You could say that, and you did. So, but yeah. well, I I mean, well, all right, that's what I mean. <laughs> Back on track here so we can get this done and, done and over with here. Hey, As Brian. Saying, hey, Brian. What's Jeff Tech's favorite John Cena move? Five-knuckle shuffle? The five-knuckle shuffle. Burr, 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 burr. Oh, it's so good Justin's not here to hear this. Yeah, he, he that, that's like nails on a chalkboard for him, really. <laughs> anyway, yeah. all right, so, again, setting up the playoffs here, as I said, you look for more offense. You've got great potential matchups. That Cup Pirate game tomorrow is as good of a match as you're going to get for a wild card game. I mean, these two teams have had epic games this year, and the winner of this is 
going to play the Cardinals. And they've, I mean, the, the NL Central teams, that has been one of the, if you haven't watched those games, the NL Central has been the best division I remember in a long, long time. you got three teams over 90 wins. Of course, the Cardinals have 100 wins. Just the, I mean, the Pirates won 97 games. And they came in second. I mean, it's it's it's, it's crazy. It it really is. And you're going to get a good matchup tomorrow. You're going to get a good matchup in the NLDS. You got the Mets and the Dodgers in the first round, which is a fantastic matchup. And you think about it, if the you know, we got Toronto and Texas on the AL side. Which is all offense, let's face it, okay? David Price versus Cole Hamels might be the only game you get a good pitching performance, but it is all offense. And that's what people are going to like. And that's what makes it an intriguing series. As both these teams at the All-Star break made significant deals, but they made deals for different reasons. Toronto made deals knowing full well they had all these games up with the Yankees thinking they could play their way back into it. Texas made the Cole Hamels deal for next year and it ends up paying off and getting them in the playoffs this year, which is an interesting story in and of itself. And then on the, you know, on the other side of the AL debate, you got the Yankees and the Astros, or the Astros playing the Royals, which, you know, if, Yankees, if it's the Yankees and Royals, they have a, a lot of history going back to the 80s. Astros, Royals, it's two young teams. Royals, of course, were in the World Series last year, know what it's like to be in the position the Astros are in. So it, it, it's intriguing matchups, different fresh matchups, no matter which way you look at it here. And, again, we talked about big market teams, the Cardinals, the Pirates, the Cubs, the Dodgers, the Mets, the Yankees, the um, Blue Jays bringing the Canadian market, the Rain. I mean, you've got big markets. People are, gonna, people are interested. And, you know, a lot has been said the last couple of weeks by me about how anticlimactic the regular season was ending. Inexplicably. Inexplicably, we got a race that ended on the last day of the regular season. We had the AL West and the AL Wild Card. Two races come down to the last day of the season. For some odd, and of course, which team would be the top Wild Card? The Yankees, of course, won one game the entire week, leaving who was going to host the Wild Card game in doubt. Astros lost enough where the Yankees were able to slip in and hold the game in their building. While while uh, the Astros had to survive big pushes by the Twins, who were eliminated on Friday, uh, Saturday, and a big push by the Angels, who got eliminated by the Rangers for both the division and the wild card, which has got to burn down considering they traded Josh Hamilton and are still paying his salary to the Rangers. So that's that's got to be just – so it, at least you had two races – that came down to the final day. So at least there was something to check out and to be interested in on the last day of the season. Look, it could have been a better ending, but at least there was something, some reason to watch as opposed to not having anything. So that was a plus in, in favor of the MLB, MLB there. Of course, that they got lucky there, but at least they gave them something. And now you've got a, a playoff starting today with some great matchups and both wild card games. Some young teams, some fresh teams, some good fresh matchups, some old-fashioned rivalries, good matchups. I mean, big market teams, not much you can ask for. 
much better, in my opinion, set up this year going into playoffs than the last couple of years, easily. Now, obviously, you talk playoffs, people want predictions. And, look, so much of a prediction, like, much like the NFL, uh, is predicated on who wins the wild card game, in my opinion, because some, we've seen time and time again that that can matter because that person coming out of the wild card game can gain momentum that can take them through the playoffs. We started with Kansas City last year. So you could think that the winner of any one of these two wild card games over the next two days could easily go to the World Series, easily. So it's important that you know so uh, that you it's, it's and that it's noted that so much of your predictions are based on the unknown, which is whoever wins tonight and tomorrow. Nonetheless, I'm going to make some predictions. Now, tonight's game, I think, is going to be a very low-scoring game. Because both teams are, are home run hitting teams. Um, both teams are. And they live and die by the home run. And my feeling is this. You, you look at teams as they come in. And often we've seen teams struggle and turn it on in the playoffs. Then we've seen teams go in winning and struggle in the playoffs, vice versa. Having said that, I know a bad egg when I see it, and this might come as a shock to a lot of you because I'm a Yankee homer. I don't think the Yankees are winning tonight. First of all, by the way, score update, they're losing right now, one nothing. It's not going to give up a solo home run to Kobe Rasmus. So one nothing, top of the second. Um Again, it's all home runs with both these teams. But the Astros have been slightly better, even though the Astros played a bad September too, than the Yankees. I think too much the Yankees being veterans and being experienced to me doesn't matter. In fact, I think it hurts them in this situation because the Astros, both neither one of these teams were expected to do anything this year. But the Yankees have this, with their experience on their side, they think they're supposed to be here. While the Astros are like, hey, you know, we're going to go out there, we're going to play, we're going to have fun. They come in with a lighter head on their shoulders. They come in, you know, just thinking, hey, if we win, we win. If we don't, we don't. Of course you want to win, but it's not the end of the world if we don't. For the Yankees, it's always the end of the world. And that's an important thing. You know, if this was a series, I think you could you could maybe tilt this towards the Yankees. But a one-game playoff, pressure-filled pressure that – it's a pressure-filled thing that I think you look at a lot of these Yankees, you do have a lot of young people, young guys on this team. You do. And that's, that's a good thing because maybe they will feel much like the Astros, like, you know what, even though our mantra for the Yankees is win or it's a failure. You know, we're going to go out there and just do our thing. But you know, there's so much experience in that room, and they're gonna, they're everything is gonna be gravitized for them. Everything is gonna be bigger for them. You know, they they hear the voices, they know how they've struggled, and and then they press, and that's what they do. I found that young players don't press as much as older players do in baseball.
football. They just don't. Because they don't feel like much is ex- as expected of them as the older players. Because they got that pedigree. They have that experience. They have a standard. So that's why I think the Astros have the advantage here. Despite the game being in Yankee Stadium. I'm picking the Astros to win tonight. And I think the but I, and I think the uh, the Astros actually stand a chance of being the Royals. I actually think the winner of this game, whoever it is, is going to beat the Royals. The Royals have the worst starting ERA of any team in the postseason, at least on the AL side. You know their bullpen has kind of struggled this year, towards the end, and their offense isn't that worrisome as we saw last year. So you can get around it. So I actually like whoever wins this game, and I'm picking the Astros to win the, the to beat the Royals. On the other side of things, you got Toronto, and you got Texas. That series, to me, comes down to this: Toronto has more pitching beyond their ace than the Rangers do. If they didn't have Stroman, okay, then I think I could see Texas winning. Because they have Stroman and he's pitching well, I actually favor Toronto here. They have two guys that I think are just quality. Obviously, David Price is – I've never believed in David Price as a big ace. I never have, but he's changed my mind. Since he got traded to Toronto, unlike last year when he got traded to Detroit, he has pitched like an ace. He's had many big games especially against the Yankees in the second half, and every time he's come up and answered the bell, he has been amazing. So David Price, to me, has earned himself respect as an ace. So you got David Price matching up with Cole Hamels. They're going to pretty much negate each other here. I don't care who wins that game. If Toronto loses that game, I still think they have, they're going to win the series. I think Toronto's winning that series. Would it surprise me if it went five? Not necessarily because of the offensive nature of the series. But I think because Toronto does have, in my opinion, another guy that could qualify as an ace when he's on in Strowman. I do think he can qualify as an ace. That guy is, is just amazing. I think that that puts the edge to Toronto. So I give the yes to Toronto. So I'm thinking right now you're going to look at Toronto versus Houston in the ALCS. And I think if that's the case, Toronto's going to the World Series. And probably, and I think they do it in maybe five games. So I think that's a matchup nightmare for Houston. So I think the AL side of things could be pretty bland if it goes that way. The NL side of things I think is going to be interesting throughout. I honestly can't figure out who will win that game tomorrow night between the Cubs and the Pirates? They are so evenly matched, it's ridiculous. And, I, and, and it really is. But I'm going to, you know, when in doubt, go with the team. Not necessarily go with the home team. Go with the team you think has momentum. Go with the team that might have a manager that can make a difference that has experience. Now, Quint Hurdle has experience, but Joe Madden has done more with less than, I, in my opinion, Quint Hurdle. I favor Joe Madden, and I favor the Cubs because I think they got more offensive players. I think they got better players, even though they're younger. And they got more. I think they have just a smidge more momentum. So I'm picking the Cubs to win tomorrow night. And then they're going to play. And then they got the. That means you got the Cubs versus the Cardinals. The Cardinals have struggled a little bit of late. They've had some injuries. 
I actually, once, once again, like the winner of the wild card game to come out of the yes. So I picked the Cubs to beat the Cardinals, and I think that one would go five games. And then on the other side of things, Mets and Dodgers, I think the Mets are winning. I think the Mets, I actually believe the Mets will win in, in four. The Dodger lineup is no longer as good as it once was. The Mets pitching is all, it's completely set up for them. They got the be, they got the best pitching, in my opinion, nationally. To me, this is, it, it's an easy pick. The Mets win the series probably in five. I think the Dodgers have enough to get it to a longer series. And then I, that means we'd have the Mets and the Cubs. A little bit of offense versus um, versus um, pitching. Of course, the Cubs have Jake Arrieta, which is another reason to pick them tomorrow because they got Arrieta going. Um, Arrieta's probably going to the NL Cy Young. But after Arrieta, what do the Cubs have? And what this comes down to is, do the Mets does the Mets pitching live up to its billing? If the Mets pitching does not live up to its billing, then the Cubs are going to win that series, probably in six or seven. If the Mets pitching does live up to its billing, I think the Mets can win that series in five. So that's, that's, that's a tougher series for me to call. My opinion is this. I mean, if you believe in curses, you're probably not going to pick the Cubs, okay? I My thinking is if the Cubs were able to get out of the wild card game and beat the Cardinals, I think they'd have a ton of momentum. That I don't think that could be stopped. If the, assuming that happens, I'd pick the Cubs. So I'm going to go with the Cubs to get to the World Series and play the Blue Jays. And I'm going to actually pick – sorry, Cubs fans. I'd probably pick the Blue Jays to win that series in six because I just think Toronto, with the momentum they've had all, all second, second half of the season from the trade that right on, you know, there's just something about watching them. Something about watching them. You you see something that just clicked the trade. It started, people like to go, oh, it started when they got Tulitsky and they got Price. No. There was something going on with that team before the trade, and that the trade just put them over the top. They started clicking before the trade. And then once they made the trade, it just got crazy for them. And it's taken off from there. So I would like Toronto in that series. So that that's again, so much is about who wins the wild card games and but that's my prediction as of right now based on what I've seen and, and what we have matched up. Obviously along the way we'll make prediction we'll we'll make along the way kind of predictions, but as of right now that's what we're looking at. From from me anyway, from my perspective. I even threw some Cy Young picks. I think Arietta's going to win the NL Cy Young, and I think it, we obviously know it's going to be either Keiko or Price that wins the AL. I kind of think it'll be Price because it, his was one more, it seemed like it was one more high profile, and that sometimes matters, but I think it'll be Price. And, that you know, as for MVPs, on the AL side... I think it will be Josh Donaldson from Toronto. On the NL side, I think it will be – that one's a hard one. Won't be anybody from the Dodgers. Won't be anybody from the Mets. Won't be anybody from the Cardinals, I don't think. 
Could be somebody. Could be McCutcheon from the Pirates. Could be Chris Bryant from the Cubs. That one's a little more unpredictable, but it'll be interesting to see who wins that one. But that. So I, I even threw out some MVP and Cy Young predictions. So there you go. So obviously we will watch how it all unfolds. We'll obviously whenever we're on the air opposite any playoff games. We will give you score updates, you know, talk about the games, live in-game stuff. We'll do all that kind of stuff. Um, right now, it is still one to nothing. Astros, top of the second. Bases loaded for Houston with two outs. Tanaka struggling um, in this second inning here, which, you know, started with that home run from Kobe Rasmus, which, again, that's something Tanaka, for anybody that doesn't know, is prone to. So, and right after that, he almost gave up another home run. So, it's, it's, it, you, you worry about that. Something you always worry about with Tanaka is because so much of what he does relies on a splitter that dies out of the zone. And if that splitter hangs, you know, that's, that's, especially in Yankee Stadium, that's it. So, that's a worry, and that's something you worry about with a guy like Tanaka and it's something that when you look at the scouts, when people were scouting him as a free agent, a lot of the scouts classified him as a number three starter because of that. Because an ace, you've seen, not to say that you haven't seen aces, you know, get screwed over by the home run ball. You have. But to the degree that, that Tanaka could, is, it marks him as somewhat of a number three starter, not so much a number one. So that's always been a concern. And you're seeing that concern manifest itself here tonight. So, right now, one to nothing, Houston, top of the second in the AL wildcard game. We'll update you throughout the night about that game as we go along. So, that's your little playoff preview in your MLB discussion. Now, we move on. And before we move on to wrestling, and as I said, you know, we're going to throw in a little bit of nostalgia and some reminiscing. Um, one of the things I thought would be cool, because, you know, we're doing the stuff that we normally do here on the show amidst all the, the anniversary stuff, and it's something we've never done before. One of the things I thought would be cool is as we go along, like we just got finished doing our sports discussion for tonight, okay? And... Obviously, it's only MLB, but that's because that's the most timely, and that's what's really going on right now. But one of the things I thought would be cool before we move on to our wrestling portion here tonight would be if we take a minute to look back and, and, you know, I didn't solicit this, so I got lucky. You know, I probably should have, but, you know, a lot of you, as you knew the anniversary was coming up, set in – you know, things that you liked on our show in the past, memories, um, discussions we've had in the past, um, you know, things like that. You know, like we've, we've grown accustomed over the years where we had an anniversary or a special episode or something. You've all sent in things that you've liked in the past, memories, et cetera, and best moments, you know, that kind of thing. And as I was looking through the emails, I came up with this idea today that, you know, hey, why not, as we go along, sports, wrestling, and, of course, Thursday entertainment, why not look back at certain discussions or segments that we've had in the past that people have really enjoyed our, or are among our best moments? And 
as I was looking through the emails before the show today, the two things constantly came up when, when it, it, you know, it, amongst best moments as far as our sports content goes. And people have always enjoyed us and always mentioned this to me numerous times, even outside of anniversaries, that they've always liked it when we've discussed the NCAA, like, scandals, sports, you know. We've done a lot of NCAA discussion shows where we talked about the issues in the NCAA, sanctions, all that stuff. Those That tends to be the thing that people like what we as far as segments that we've done, special reports, that's the one that comes up the most. People really liked it when we talked about conference realignment. Um, one particular listener brought up um, a couple years ago we had a, a show that specifically talked about conference realignment, NCAA financially, where it was going, pay, whether to pay players or not. We did a whole show about that. And this listener said they thought it was our best show. And um, that was one, that was the most noted kind of like favor among sports discussion. The second was, believe it or not, (laughs) our NFL discussions, which I think people just like because Mike just rips apart the NFL. And one in particular was last year, and this, uh, actually this was prior to our football, when we started Football Friday, we had, we were discussing the state of the NFL. And obviously the NFL's image has taken a, a massive plunge. And I believe Mike went on a, a long rant, and this listener said that it was probably one of our best moments on the show where, you know, a lot of people ripped the NFL to shreds last year, Okay. We were among them, and they deserved it, and they still do. But that was amongst our, our NFL discussions where we apparently took the league to task. Not only, and it's not only about Mike's rant, but in the past we've had regular discussions when we used to do football on Tuesdays about the NFL and the issues it has behavioralized. And um, those discussions were highlighted as our second best sports, as far as what I'm looking at, second best sports segments that we've done. And Mike's rant last year against the NFL was known. So congratulations, Mike. Your rant against I've the had, NFL was epic, I've, apparently. I've had many strong moments on the show. Many strong moments. Many memorable ones. Making fun of the NFL is something I do without effort. Comes easy. So <laughs> It comes easy. Well, when you're that stupid and that incompetent... <laughs> It makes my life very easy to rip that apart. And to be fair, Tom Brady still got the same amount of games as Ray Rice. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I have strong language towards the NFL. It usually starts with an F and ends with a K. <laughs> and you uck in the middle. And that's what I think of the NFL. That doesn't change either. There you go. You're welcome. Huzzah. Huzzah. And, of course, I know you love when we do NCAA shows because that's that's definitely more in line with your... Well, yeah, um, we're talking... Of, well, we're, that's in my wheelhouse. Yeah. 
Yeah. And we're talking no. about fun things, except the NCAA being totally incompetent, run by morons. Um, Don't God, you? There's so many. Mark Emmer and Roger Goodell would probably get along famously. And Adam Silver wouldn't like either one of those idiots. Winning out fact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what's interesting? I was just about to note that it, it, isn't it funny that the two, the NFL, the NFL and the NCAA, and many my, and, and we're not the only ones that have said this. Have people have been really critical and rightfully so of, you know, their actions. And it's funny that, or ironic, that the two, the two sports segments, or you know, among people's favorite moments from our sports-focused segments, is us ranting about the, either the NCAA or the NFL. Well, when you talk about power-hungry, greedy, stupid assholes, easy to talk about. Yes, that it is. And let's. And let's be clear, the NFL and the NCAA are still run by money-driven, greedy, dumb-as-hell people. So, there you go. And just to keep with the the whole reminiscing theme, while we're in the middle of reminiscing moment, as we're switching to wrestling now, actually, and and this shows you something, because I remember there was a time when we used to see... uh, Listening dro- listener drops uh, as far as ratings go for wrestling shows. And I never understood why because it's like, hey, you know what, give it a chance. Well, over the years, those shows have balanced out with the rest of our shows where we no longer see significant ratings drops with, uh, and, and the numbers are pretty much even with all of our shows now. So our fans have embraced the wrestling shows, and I've actually gotten emails over the years last few years especially, where people said they've listened and they've learned a lot and even turned them into wrestling fans at times, where they we said something that piqued their interest, and they went and watched it. Which is interesting because you see the ratings, and you're like, people seem to be being driven away from the product, but hey, you know? So, you know, to that end, as I said, I was looking through emails to look at things to pick out, because, you know, people do send in anniversary time, best moments, things that they liked, you know, that thing. And the restaurant shows, believe it or not, and I think a lot of people would be surprised by this. I speak to a lot of you, a lot of our listeners off the air. The restaurant shows were among the best things that people said about our show. They said they like what we do with them. They like the fact that we go match by match. We go back and forth. We discuss topics in the midst of talking about matches. They like the format in which we do them. So that has actually been a favorable, positive thing, especially over the last few years. Um, and they like that we've added more wrestling coverage. We do that more on Tuesday. We never used to do it on Tuesdays. We've been doing it on Tuesdays. Think that because we moved the football stuff to Friday, we have more time. We can do wrestling stuff on Tuesday. So um, and one of the particular shows that was pointed out amongst the emails, again, in general, people like the wrestling shows. It's overwhelming. One of our apparently most favorite kind of shows or segments that we do is um, our wrestling shows we preview pay-per-views. Um, but one of the particular episodes that was noted a few times amongst favorites over the years was apparently, 
an episode where Mike several times um, spoke as Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Which I find interesting because he did that with more than one episode. Yeah, I've also done The Undertaker. I've also done Paul yep. Bear. May rest in peace. May rest in peace, yep. And another one which was noted was an episode, I and I believe the, the, the I'm looking at it right now, it was, I guess it was right before WrestleMania of last year where we spent, I think, a long time talking about the product and we're comparing NXT to the current version of WWE and talk. I think we went on for a long time. I know you and Justin did and I chimed in. It was a discussion about where the WWE should be going in the future, the issues it has. It was one of the more long discussions that we've had on the show. Yes. As opposed to just, you know, we've always talked about the issues the company has had. We've always talked about what they should do in that, but we did like a half hour, 45. I remember the conversation. So that was apparently one of the favorite moments mentioned as well. So apparently did a good job there, guys. And, and you two, you and Justin were both cited primarily for that, which I remember that. That was all you guys. So there you go. You got two mentions already, Mike. Well, Brian, I am a charismatic asshole, and I can be entertaining when I feel like it. So you, you, there you go. Yeah, yeah, especially when you're motivated. And there are times when I am motivated. Yeah. And there are more times when I'm not. Yeah. You're welcome, world. <laughs> so, as, okay, so with all that being said, that's my, I always have a phrase of the day. With all that being said, it's my phrase of the day. It's also my segue choice of the night, so just deal with it. Um, we let's talk about the prevailing topic in WWE in the WWE world right now, which is John Cena. <laughs> now, last night Raw was in Boston. John Cena defended his title in the main event, U.S. title in the main event of Raw. A lot of people thought that might be a title change because it has been mentioned and reported that John Cena will be taking some time off after the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view in three weeks. He is not scheduled for any shows at the uh, after Hell in a Cell, pretty much through at least December, but most people we won't be till January that he returns, which has a lot of people scared he'll win the Rumble, but I digress. Um, so naturally, everybody's like, what's going to happen to the U.S. title? There's been rumors he might vacate it. There's been rumors that they might not do anything, keep the title on him and have him just Poor Brock Lesnar. There's been word that, you know, he would drop the title at Hell in a Cell and not have a rematch, and they'd run some kind of, like, write-off angle. But then, of course, last night they booked U.S. Championship matches as the main event, and everybody's like, oh, wait a minute. Even though it's in Boston where you expect John to go over, and, they're you know, they're doing the whole uh, breast cancer uh, thing with Susan G. Coleman and everything, I was like, wait a minute, there's no way Cena's going to lose. But you also look at it this way. He asked, you think that WWE would want to have him drop the title, to keep the title on TV. So there was a lot of feelings, especially since they were keeping the opponent a secret, that Cena would drop the title last night and then have his rematch at Hell in a Sound, that would be that. That did not happen. Um, instead, they ran an angle where Dolph Ziggler was supposed to come out. The New Day took him out. Big E faced him. Big E lost. But... The New Day 
extra tall over both Cena and Ziggler. And one interesting thing in that whole mix, Ziggler accidentally kicked Cena. So you're wondering what's going to develop out of that. And, you know, since the, the, the Ziggler-Rusev feud seems to be over, and also people wonder if Rusev might play into this because Rusev was mentioning to Lana that he would only agree to marry her if she put gold around his waist. And a lot of people think Rusev might... There was a lot of talk that Rusev might go after Cena's title as well. Because, obviously, Cena took it off Rusev. There's this feeling that this is building to a multiple-man match at Hell in a Cell, which might involve Rusev, Ziggler, and maybe a member or two from the New Day, or maybe just one member of the New Day, one that's not in the tag match. I could personally see that. They, they might not want Cena to take a pin, you know, I don't know. So, it, it's going to be interesting to see what route they choose. I personally think it would be better to put somebody over clean in a, in, a, in a singles match, but then there was all these rumors that Dean Ambrose would be pushed while Cena's away. He's the one that's apparently being put in the headlining position that John Cena is on a number of events in November and December. So naturally everybody thinks that, that you know, Ambrose is the guy that might get the big push in this place. I don't know. Okay? My opinion is Ambrose shouldn't need Cena to be written off to get a push. Yep. My What? Yep. My opinion is that the biggest problem right now Okay, the biggest thing I would say is this: Have Ambrose beat Cena, oh, and win the U.S. title clean, and have Ambrose defend it for a couple of months and use that to build him up, and then you know you have Ambrose. If you got bigger plans for Ambrose at WrestleMania, you have him drop the title in some multiple guy match so that you don't have to worry about him getting pinned. That would be the best thing. Or you could finally give Cesaro up, but apparently Cesaro is in the doghouse with WWE. More on that later. And um, so if you're not going to do that, you could run Ziggler, you could run Rusev, you know, you could run an NXT guy, or you can go back to Kevin Owens and say, hey, take both mid-card titles. Have the, the title that you were supposed to have, which I think would be great. Because then if he went over Cena clean, at least then it evens it up at 2-2. That would be fine. So there's a number of ways you can go. To me, a multiple guy match would be demeaning to the whole thing. But I, I, I'm sensing that might be where they're going. So before we get to the overall impact of Cena's real vacation here, Mike, what are your thoughts on where do you think they're going to go with Cena and the whole U.S. title picture here? I can tell you what I want. <laughs> and then I could tell you what's probably going to happen. Now, Russo's not going to win the title. Sorry, it's just not going to happen. Uh, well, he's not... Let me rephrase that. He's not going to win the title off of Cena. So, who could he win the title off of? Well, let's get to what I want to happen. <laughs> I really, really want Dean Ambrose to be champion, to have gold 
to do something important. Because there's a guy, when you're talking about the best sellers, and, and believe it or not, WWE doesn't often hide who its best sellers if you know where to look. You know? If you know where you're looking, you could kind of ID who are the top selling guys in the company. And Cena is, of course, the top selling guy. And they go out of their way to make sure he is the top selling guy. Now, all you have to do Let's go to shop, www.shop.com. They don't hide it because what you do is you go to superstars. Um, no, no, I don't want the Coleman stuff. I got I got opinions about Coleman, but, you know, there's that. I'm not going to talk about it. Um, you go to superstars, and it should have a list should have a list of like people, you know, that you could that that oh well you want to shop for this guy. Um usually it's these five guys uh, uh, in the top. John Cena, Brock Lesnar, Kevin Owens, Dean Ambrose, Bray Wyatt. Those are typically your top five sellers in the WWE. Kevin Owens is Kevin Owens. This guy is not... You're not going to turn that guy face anytime soon, but when he turns face, he's going to be cute. Dean Ambrose, and as much as I like Seth Rollins, is the guy who should have had the title coming out of Money in the Bank. I'm sorry. That is my opinion. And Seth Rollins has done good work. Don't get me wrong, but tell... Dean Ambrose had all the momentum of the world, and if you wanted to make that guy, that was the moment. After he had taken the powerbomb on the ladder, somehow he gets the title off of Rollins. He's the one who falls down with the title. Tell me that wouldn't have been a moment. Ryan. It would have been. All right. I just hope you're still with me, because I'm barely with me right now. Because I'm barely with me right now, and I'm I'm kind of like, ugh, tired. Um, but I digress. That would have been a moment that would have made Dean Ambrose as a like a, a, a face champion who is an absolute badass, mm-hmm. and you can't keep that guy down. You would have made Dean Ambrose right there, and Seth wouldn't have done because it would have been almost like a fluke. Because oh, well, Dean came down with the title. And then Seth would have to chase him, you know? Mm-hmm. That would yeah. have been a cool moment. That would be cool. However, you went the other way and then Dean is blah, blah, blah. So how do you make that back up? Well, that's simple. You have Dean Ambrose be the guy who beats Cena. Takes the title off of Cena clean. No argument. Dean's the guy. The U.S. title has been has become something. It was the last two guys that have held the title are the 15-time world champion and Seth Rollins, who simultaneously held the title with the WWE title. But the title means something now. 
Still doesn't count in the Triple Crown, but it means something. So having Dean take the title off of off of um, uh, Cena and having him defend that in the main event at house shows and kind of maybe even doing the U.S. Open Challenge a little bit, kind of making it important, keeping that importance, that that's impressive, and you can do that, and that would make Dean a star, an even bigger star. And it kind of, and we were talking about this last night, it goes full circle. Dean Ambrose is your first challenger, and he's your last challenger. In the end, it comes around to Dean Ambrose. Ambrose takes the title, and he carries it from here on out. Mm-hmm. But that could have been it. What's going to happen is Dolph Ziggler is going to win the title. Cheap. They're not going to make it good. But Dolph's going to take the title, and he's going to be the guy who drops it to Rusev. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. I'm sitting here, and I, and I, I spent about five minutes building up how they could do, how they should do Dean Ambrose, and how they'd make it important, and blah blah blah. It's going to be Dolph Ziggler. He's going to get a useless another another useless mid card title reign, and he's going to drop the title to Rusev. And that never ending boring ass feud. Because that's what people want to see, Dolph Ziggler versus Rusev. You're yeah. welcome. I don't mind if Ziggler wins it off Cena in like a like a Daniel Bryan like SummerSlam kind of match. Would actually have him go over Cena clean. Like okay, and then we do something with it. And if Ziggler wants to defend against Rusev and then Rusev loses, okay, fine. Make it something substantial. Have him go over Cena and let Ziggler. I mean, look, yes, Ambrose should get the push, but if not Ambrose, Ziggler, I'm fine with. I'm not going to do anything else with him. The problem is you're right. It's going to be a flash in the pan kind of thing. It is, it is probably going to be a multiple guy match because they're not going to want to see him eat the pin. So Ziggler's going to pin like somebody from the New Day or something, and he's going to win the title without Cena getting pinned. And next night on Raw, you know, Cena's just not going to show up. They're going to say, oh, Cena decided to take time off, and he'll get his rematch when he comes back. That's what they're going to do. And Ziggler's going to carry the town. You're right. It's Survivor Series. Ziggler's going to face Rusev, and Rusev's going to win it right back. And then we're going to be right back to where we were before Cena again. And Rusev, there's not going to be anybody on the face side of things to battle with Rusev because it's, it's not, it doesn't have the same feel as battling John Cena. So we're going to devalue the title already. And here's At the thing. Also, Go ahead. And, and then just, just to build off your point, Rusev, nobody wants to fight Rusev. Why? Because once Rusev gets the title, suddenly he's a heel that isn't as important carrying that title. Right. We've got a more important heel carrying the Intercontinental title in Kevin Owens, and he's not dropping that anytime soon. You can kind of see what they're doing with him a little bit. They're kind of throwing shades of the honky-tonk man there. Right. They're making they're making you want to see Ryback get the title back, right? It, they're making it important. And then when Owens conquers Ryback, he's going to move on, and then all of a sudden that title is going to be more interesting because whatever Kevin Owens is doing is infinitely more interesting than Rusev and Ziggler. And that's not just my bias. It's not. No, it's the truth. And, and and that's why I think it, it, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to put the U.S. on Kevin Owens as well. 
because then it's kind of like, and, and he, you know, you you know, look, he's not, they're not, they're not building him up as a character that's going to be like John Cena and every Monday he's going to defend the title on Raw. But you know what he'll do? He'll say, you know what? I'm a prize fighter. I, if you're going to put me on a pay-per-view and let me defend the title, I'll do it. That's the kind of angle they've taken with him. He defends his titles at pay-per-view. It's like, I'm going to defend my title when it's best for me, on my terms, at pay-per-views, where I can make more money. I'm a prize fighter. I'm not going to just defend it on some random raw. They make his matches feel more special that way. Yes, he still works matches on Raw and SmackDown, but not for the title. I like what they're doing with him. And, I, and you're right, he makes it important. He makes what he's doing important. Even a, a nothing feud with Cesaro was important because he made it important. And that's just the kind of guy he is. And that's why I think, you know what? If you don't have any other, if you're not going to give it to Ambrose, probably Owens is the best option as far as storytelling. Because you can do a lot with that. And you know what? I'm sure Owens won't have an issue working two matches at Survivor Series. You know, you you can say, I mean, he'll work a ma- his match with Ryback would, you know, and I assume Ryback might get another match even after Hell in a Cell. But, you know, his match with Ryback probably wouldn't be that long. You know, and then whoever he faces, if he's in a multiple guy match for U.S. title, if he wrestled, yeah, that would be a long match, but I'm sure he can handle it. But you're right that Ambrose is probably the top spot, top guy to get it. And it, it, you know, it, there's continuity there. He was the first guy that Cena cha- that op- answered Cena's challenge in the U.S. Open Challenge. You know, why not? Why not? Now we talked about the U.S. title a lot. Now, what it, without John Cena? What's now? WWE's already experiencing ratings issues, and that's nothing new for the fall. Okay, with Monday Night Football and that, and TV shows returning, they've always struggled in the fall. But And we talked about this. They started off from a lower point this year. So, of course, they're going to fall even harder. But without Cena, you, you, if you're WWE, you have to be concerned because whether, for better or worse, Cena does draw. So without Cena, you know, you worry about attendance at live shows. You worry about the ratings. But at the same time, it gives guys a chance to step up. A couple of years ago, Cena was off for, what was it, like a month and a half after he put over Daniel Bryan. They did put guys in different spots. You know, they, I mean, obviously Daniel Bryan was the guy that got pushed. But they also started elevating other guys in that place because they had no choice. You saw Cody and Goldust get a little bit more time. You saw, I mean, there were certain guys that got a little bit more time. And then he came, Cena came back. And went back to square one again. This is it's important to know too that Cena will be missing one of the big four pay per views, Survivor Series. So you wonder if it's going to be Ambrose, then where are you going? If Ambrose is taking Cena's push, then why isn't Ambrose taking Cena's title? And is that going to work? Now remember, Ambrose got pushed earlier this year, and the ratings now the ratings been going down steadily all along. You don't blame that on Ambrose. Don't blame that around. You blame on the whole product as a whole. And I think, look, right now you have the new day. They came out looking like rock stars last night. They need to keep that up. And I'm starting to think that they're not even going to drop their tag titles anymore. 
They're that, they're that in favor of them. But seeing what we saw last night, it looks like they are. But you need to keep up with the booking of the New Day. Rollins needs better booking. And he needs it fast. He ain't going to get it, but he needs it. Because I honestly, I, I, I don't even think we're going to get a cash in from Sheamus at Hell in a Cell anymore. Then again, sometimes when they have, you know, when they haven't focused so much on the cash, and usually when it could, could happen. So, but it seemed like a couple of weeks ago they were mentioning every time you turn around. Now it's a four, it's, it's a nothing. Trip, the Triple H Rollins thing has cooled off again. It, it, I don't know. Okay, you give Ambrose a little bit more time. You might give Reigns a little bit more time. might give Ryback a little bit more time. But Ryback already gets a good amount of time. So I I don't know what this this you know, a couple of years ago when Cena was gone for injury, you felt a change. I don't know if there's gonna to be too much of a change right now. Because it's not like Cena is dominating Raw's like he was. He he's been in the mid card for most of this year except for SummerSlam. He hasn't been dominating anything. It might feel that way, but he hasn't. So I don't think much, in the, much is going to really change at all. The guy that's been dominating Raw has been Rollins. He start, usually starts the show. He has a couple of segments here and there throughout the, you know, the 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock hour. Sometimes you even see him appear again at 10 o'clock, and he ends the show usually. Rollins has been the guy dominating the, the shows left and right. Cena hasn't, so I don't know, you know, if, if, if they're not going to push Ambrose for Cena's title. And I don't think anything's going to change with Ambrose, whether they say he's getting a push or not. I don't think anything's going to change with anybody. I just think they're going to find some way to drag certain segments out without Cena. That's all I think is going to change. And since he's only going to be missing like two months, I think things go back to the status quo, and he just slides right back into that particular segment where he's been for the last year. Probably gets his U.S. title back, and there's your and whoever he defends against the WrestleMania is whoever he defends it against. So I don't, I, I don't think anybody's going to see anything earth-shattering here. You might, if Cena was in his old position of being like the, in the main event, you know, WWE World Heavyweight Champion, you might. But I don't think you will this time. Do you think, Mike, do you think anything will change about Cena? I think a lot of fangirls' big ticket item this Christmas, if they like WWE, is going to be Dean Ambrose's new Dean Ambrose leather jacket, which is $120 on the shop.com. All right, Cena's going to be out for, what, three months, four months, max? How much can really change that? Dean Ambrose is going to be getting a push. That 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 seems to be what the situation is. Excuse me. With Cena gone, let's face it, Kane's not going to be. Look, as much as I want Kane to win the title, he's probably not going to win the title. Sheamus is probably going to carry the title at some point in the next 
I don't know, a month or two, possibly. Seth Rollins' booking is shite. Who's going to be the next face to come and challenge Rollins after Kane? If Sheamus doesn't take the title, who's the next face to take the title off of Rollins? Right now. Give me a guy. Give me a face they've built up. <laughs> um. There are. You have two options. Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns. That's it. Roman Reigns should not be anywhere near Seth Rollins right now. I think this feud with Dean Ambrose, excuse me, this feud partnering with Ambrose and partnering with Orton has reinvigorated, like, he's getting cheered now. You throw him immediately right towards Seth Rollins, and guess what happens? All that effort, all that hard work goes to nothing. There's really no guy you can even put near that title other than Dean Ambrose. Even Randy Orton doesn't feel fresh anymore. I mean, Orton feuded with with Rollins before Ambrose did this year. However, what happened? Right. It's like, Orton, you feel like, yeah, well, it happened, and I I don't want to see it again. Orton versus Wyatt is fresh. Orton feuding with... Orton putting over Bray Wyatt is fresh because Bray, Bray Wyatt's probably going to eat a pin um, at Hell in a Cell. More than likely. The problem is there's no face to chase the title. Cena is a guy you could have put right in there because he's John Cena. He chases the title a little bit in the fall. He gets it. He doesn't get it. We move on. That's it. There's no other face. Cesaro could have been a guy you put there. However, you just buried him at the altar of the Big Show because you sacrificed the Big Show at the altar of Brock Lesnar. You used the guy you could possibly put in the main event to build up the guy who is going to do a five-minute job for Brock. And you know it's not going to be Brock. Because Brock's done after this for a while. So who is it? Your only option is Dean Ambrose. So the only way so you know what, if you're not going to put the US title on Ambrose, you damn well better put the WWE title on Ambrose. Ambrose has to be the guy who takes out Rollins. Ambrose has to be your guy. And if all the rumors are correct, Ambrose if the if he doesn't take the title off of Rollins, he needs to win the Rumble. Because this is this is one of your guys for the future. So what's going to change without Cena? See, I don't think ratings are going to go down. I think ratings are going to stay the same. And the segment ratings are going to stay the same. It's just a couple extra guys are going to get a couple extra focus. You're going to see more than 10 minutes of Kevin Owens. You're going to see more than 10 minutes, five minutes of the new day. You're going to see guys who can cut promos. Uh, But once Cena comes back, you're going to... Look, you're right. Everybody's right. He's going to take over. He's going to shove his. You're going to, you know, everybody gets shuffled back down the card again. Thanks for proving yourself. You grab the brass ring. Cena's back. Bye. That's what it is. 
So again, I know I'm talking a lot about Ambrose here tonight, but there's a reason because the scene is gone. You don't really there's a void up there for top face. It almost defaults to Orton. But let's face it, are you going to put Orton in another title feud? Not yet. So it, it almost defaults to Orton Ambrose Reigns. Choose the guy. And it can't be Reigns. And it can't be Orton. Hmm. Well, one guy that they could conceivably, you know, we, we heard over the summer, they did a lot with Cesaro. And we had those two epic matches on Raw. You know, there was even talk that maybe Cesaro was going to be the guy to dethrone Cena because it looked like it was going to be Kevin Owens because for obvious reasons. And that didn't happen. And all of a sudden, inexplicably, as the summer ended, so did Cesaro's so-called push, which a lot of people think he got because of what happened to Tyson Kidd. You know, he started, you know, paying homage to Tyson Kidd in his, you know, sometimes in his promos and his gear, et cetera. And, you know, he had this summer push that never went anywhere. And, at, you know, he loses to Owens at SummerSlam in what was really an awkward match. And then he had a slightly better match on Raw, but he loses that one. And then all of a sudden he becomes the Big Show's personal inflator for Brock Lesnar here. And now there's reports that he has done something to anger WWE management. And there are people saying that when he, you know, he's been relegated to superstars in main event of late. There are people that say if you watch superstars in main event, he is coming off very stuck up and very angry. And... And it looks like there's been something going on with Cesaro. Now, Mike, you and me have talked about this. That the, whole, the SummerSlam match with Owens was very awkward. And since then, something's been off about Cesaro, in my opinion. And something's been off with the way he's been booked. Something's changed. And I know WWE has pushed and de-pushed a number of times. But and I know that he probably wasn't going to go anywhere to begin with. But it does seem kind of almost random how far he's kind of crashed. So, um, what's, what's, yeah. your, what's your? Go ahead. What's your, I, I'm, I, no, no I, I was trying to form my question because oh, I, I the question. lost right. my train of thought. Um, now. Do you believe that there is something going on with management, or is this just a case of typical WWE to pushing? Basically, the um, right. <laughs> see, here's the thing about Cesaro. He's been stopped and started so many times. It's like, when, is he, when are you going to finally buy into it? He gets himself over, and then you to push him. Yeah, he got himself over. He had two great matches against Cena. He was in the semi-main event of SummerSlam. The match was a bit awkward. He 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 feel and you know what Cesaro does have a point. He felt like 
if I don't do these big spots, the, I'm going to lose the crowd because we're right in between two of the big matches. We're right in between Rollins and Cena, and we're right in between Taker Brock. So if I don't do something, if we don't do something big now, we're going to lose the crowd. He did have a bit of a point. However, the other point was if you sit there, if you build the match, if you build to the big spots, we have a better match on our hands. So Cesaro wasn't wrong, but he wasn't right. And he, I guess he doesn't know how to be, you know, how he, how to handle that. And then he had a better match with Owens, and he still lost. And then he had a, uh, a match against, uh, who, did it was? who was it? I don't know, but he lost that too. Somebody big. It was, might have been, it wasn't Rollins. I can't remember who the, the face was, or the heel was. But it wasn't Rollins, but Rollins then pops up. Um, and then he gets a flu, almost like a fluke win over uh, Baba Kanush. And then he loses to the big show twice. And that's the end of the push. It's like you spent the entire... I mean, I mean, I remember a little bit of the last match, too. I didn't see it, but I remember seeing the clips. He spends the whole match trying to suplex the big show. Then he finally does it. And when it seems like the crowd is finally going to get interested in the match, big show hit them with a fist, and that's it. But the, the crowd finally gets invested in the match, and then big show hits them with a fist, and that's it. And then he cuts promo on Brock Lesnar. So that's so that's it. So where do we go with Cesaro? Well, if I'm Cesaro, I go into Vince McMahon's office tomorrow and I'm like, you know what, I don't care. I want to sell, I want to match with the big show, and I want to win. Or else I'm going to come back here and I'm going to be your ass and I'm going to be Kevin Dunn's ass. Cesaro yeah. needs to make that. Cesaro, he's like, he needs to put his foot down at this point. He's like, look, I'm going to grab the brass ring. Well, that's great. CM, according to CM Punk, he's grabbed so many of the brass rings that didn't mean anything, and it doesn't mean anything. Cesaro needs to say, I want to match it against the Big Show. I'm going to go over the Big Show clean at Hell in a Cell. It's going to get about 10 minutes, and if I don't get that, I'm going to come back here, and I'm going to punch you in the face. And after that, if you want to fire me, you can fire me. I don't care, but I'm going to tell you this is going to happen. At this point, Cesaro's got to put his foot down if he ever wants to get anywhere. Because he was, he, he's taking it the wrong way, but, I mean, threatening bodily harm against your boss probably doesn't work anywhere but WWE. Um, but at this point, he's been stopped and started so many times. What's going to happen? What's he going to do? What Literally, what does he have to lose? Literally, what what else does he have to lose? He He's losing his credibility fast. They sacrificed him. This Cesaro was technically still had some, like, momentum, and he stuffed it out by putting him, by letting the big show go over him in, like, two minutes. So what do we do with Cesaro? Well, you can still do it, but he's got to go over the Big Show. He has to beat the Big Show. 
clean. Show's got to put them over clean. And after that, it's got to be, then then you see where you go. Yeah. You put them over, you know what, you might even have to put them over twice. Yeah. Over the big show. And if you can put them over twice with the big show and get all these big spots and the, uh, the, the giant swing and the neutralizer, then maybe we have something. To, maybe we have something. Maybe we have something after that. But until then, yeah. Cesaro, two great matches with Cena they lost, a couple of decent matches with Kevin Owens, which he lost, and now he's got no momentum. And a couple of terrible matches with the big show, excuse me, and now he's got no momentum. He's not going over Owens. But he might be over going over Cena. Maybe, probably not, but he's got to go yeah. over the Big Show. That's my opinion. And it's not like they have anything better for Big Show. First of all, I thought they were going to write Big Show off after the Lesnar match. I was kind of surprised he showed up on Raw and took and, and you know. And, and by the way, the only reason why I think they they they, they didn't was because they wanted Brock to to you know Brock wasn't originally supposed to be on Raw last night. It was a late ad because of ratings. They wanted Brock on the show, so and they didn't want they just didn't want it to be a Paul Heyman hype segment. So they didn't want to put anybody else in that spot. So they decided to have Big Show come back out to try to get some heat back and then get taken out again. I'm really shocked that they're not running Big Show out right now because there's really nothing for Big Show to do. So to your point, if there's nothing for Big Show to do, then have him put over Cesaro. You know, have a couple of matches over the next couple of weeks where he gets a couple of easy wins. I mean, like Mark Henry or something, and have him face Cesaro at Hell in a Cell and go over him, and have Cesaro go over him. That's it. At least once, hopefully twice, because the damage you've done to Cesaro is is just ridiculous. And you know what gets me is you know we we've seen guys, you know, whenever they're building somebody up for like a Lesnar, it's like a filler. We've seen guys thrown at people over the years, you know, to kind of build them up for basically to lose to another guy. We've seen that before. Dean Ambrose did it last year against Bray Wyatt. All right, but a lot of the time, it's very rare that you see them lose routinely to the same guy or beat the same guy routinely. Okay, you don't usually see that. Usually you see a couple weeks where random guys are tossed at, whoever it is that's being built up to be fed to somebody else at a pay-per-view. You don't usually see the same wrestler lose to the same guy two weeks in a row unless they're in a feud or something. So it was weird to me that it was Cesaro that was in that spot. It really was. And it shouldn't have been, but it was. And, you know, now you have to rebuild him. And I don't think that's going to happen. They'll probably just have Big Show fade, you know, go off on his own, no write-off angle, you know. He'll be done for a while. Come back randomly when they need them, and then you'd be, you know. Otherwise, you won't see them probably till like right before the rumble. Meanwhile, Cesaro is going to be in obscurity on main event and and, and um, superstars. I do think he did something because I I well I, I I'm pretty sure that he would have been pushed on his out anything being done. I do think something happened right around SummerSlam. I really do. I think something, either in that match or in the aftermath of that match, and then things took off from there. I, I, I believe that wholeheartedly because it, 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 
even the commentary has kind of gotten weird for him, where it's just kind of like before they're putting over the Cesaro sections of the audience, the crowd, and like they were really committed. Even even you know when his push cooled, you know during the Owens feud, and it did because uh, you knew all along that Owens was going over Cesaro. You you can't really say that too much because here's the thing. The commentary has cooled for everybody not named John Cena or Brock Lesnar. No, that's true. The commentary has cooled all around the board. I mean, honestly, I mean, there, there's times when this commentary team is up and it's down, and I understand that. But you, they try to give their best generally every single time they go out there. They try to give their best that day. But, however... Commentary the last couple of weeks has been pretty abhorrent. Where it's like you can tell they're not even giving their best. It's it's pretty terrible. Yeah. And it's 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 just it's it's pretty terrible around the board. The only guy Michael Cole even marks out for anymore is John Cena. And the only guy JBL ever marks out for anymore is like not John Cena. That that, that that's usually the only guy now. It's like they're defaulting to like uh, generalisms and, and, you know, broad strokes like, oh, Kevin Owens is a bully. Oh, Ryback is so strong. Like, th- th- that's what you get. The only, guy they, the only guys they make efforts for now are Brock Lesnar and John Cena. They didn't even try for Randy Orton. Randy Orton is the viper. He could strike out of nowhere. Roman Reigns, oh, Dean Ambrose is a lunatic. Bray Wyatt, what's he talking about? It's creepy. Braun Strowman is strong. That's it. That's what you get. So you can't even say anything about Cesaro, and Cesaro wasn't even on the show, so. I mean, yeah, his commentary is cool, but so is everybody else's, so. Yeah, you know what? That that the comment you're right. And the, first of all, there's another issue WWE has is their commentary has been horrible too. Because I and, I and I like Michael Cole. I like JBL. And look, okay, without Booker T, it's even worse. But even Cole and Lawler are just a mess right now. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's, maybe they're just demoralized. Look, there's nothing going on in front of them that excites them. I don't know. But even the commentary's gotten bad. So, look, the biggest thing that they can do right right now is emphasize the stronger points that they have, like the New Day, Brock Lesnar, Kevin Owens, Ryback. You know, emphasize some of the divas, <laughs> like Sasha Banks. You know, emphasize the stronger points. And then look at the weaker points and decide, you know what, we've we, we got to overhaul this. I remember a couple of years ago, Mike remembers this because, you know, we were all kind of like doing like a, everything just did a 180 all on the same night. Remember the, the Raw after Hell in a Cell? Where all was, that, that, was, that was the infamous Raw where they kind of bailed on Daniel Bryan's push. Like he lost at Hell in a Cell to Randy Orton. And the next day he all of a sudden started feuding with the Wyatts. With CM Punk, like everything just changed in one night. Every, like all the feuds, everything just got changed. Like there was a complete massive overhaul of everything. I really think that they need to do that after Hell in a Cell. 
I think they have to blow off all the garbage, and then the next night on Raw have new feuds pretty much across the board for almost everybody. That's what I think, because what you're doing right now is just not working. And a lot of it's an extension of stuff that hasn't been working for months now. You know, right? Look at where you're going for WrestleMania, decide the best way to get there, and change everything up, and hope for the best. You, you can't get any worse. You, you truthfully can't. It's like I, I saw somebody post a thread, and I, I look, I know people complain all the time, I get that, but I saw people post a thread that said it's like every Raw is Groundhog Day now. And it is. Same song, different week. Change it up. Because it's not working. And you have the affordability to do that right now because, look, the ratings are going to be down anyway, no matter what you do at this point. Okay? So you may as well, you may as well just make the changes and hope for the best. Because you're going to drop... Anyway, maybe you strike on something that might hit, strike a chord with the audience. What do you got to lose? All right, quick score update here because uh, we're going to start to wind down. It is two to nothing Astros, top of the fifth. Um, two solo home runs. Um, two home runs, two solo home runs by the Astros is the difference. Yankees only have one hit. Through five, as they go to the bottom of the fifth, um, we'll see what happens. Obviously, I said it'd be a low-scoring game, but Yankee offense continues to sputter. They probably will continue to sputter. If you've seen Dallas Keuchel pitch in this game, you understand why. A guy like him on three days rest is is not somebody that usually has a negative, you know, impact from three days rest. He's not a he's not a power pitcher, so. And the Yankee offense has been struggling, really. People like to say September. It's been struggling since early August. So it looks like it's sputtering its way to an end here. So Astros, again, up 2 to nothing, And with the Yankees, the way they're hitting, two, two runs is, is almost insurmountable. So um, you can keep track of that game, obviously, on ESPN, the AL wildcard game on ESPN tonight. So check that out over there. Um, tomorrow night's wild card game, NL wild card game, will be airing on TBS. And then, of course, Thursday, when all the postseason series start in earnest, obviously the covers get split between all the networks, ESPN, TBS, and Fox, Fox Sports 1, FX, that whole deal. So check your local listings for that information. All right. Um, with that being said, before real quick before we wind down, um, as I mentioned, this is only part one of the anniversary stuff, okay? We did a riddle reminiscent today. And the reminiscent we did, we, we tied in with what we were doing tonight. Because I, that's something I wanted to highlight. I wanted to highlight some of our, some things that you all liked over the years from our sports content, some things that we liked from our wrestling content. I'll do a little bit with that on Thursday with the entertainment. But also we're going to do some general reminiscing on Thursday. Um, and as I said, I know conventional wisdom says that the show closer to your anniversary is when you do the big retrospective. But again, we, we're doing things a certain way. Thursday will be a, a, a much bigger retrospective, more reminiscing, more 
stuff like that, plus announcements about the future of the show and where we're going and all that stuff. So Thursday, for those of you looking for more anniversary, is the show you want to tune into. Give you a little taste tonight, a little bit, very little. You'll get a much bigger taste on Thursday. So just bear that in mind before you think that that's all you're going to get. For those that missed the beginning of the show, that is not all you're going to get. Okay? Okay. So with that being said, we are going to wind down for tonight. Um, as the show is over, but that does not mean you have to stop interacting with us, contributing to our show. You can continue to send in feedback, suggestions, topic ideas, breaking news items. Uh, you know, questions about the show, the schedule of the show, any of these things, comments, reactions to things on the show, things that we said, any of those things you can do via email, Facebook, and Twitter. The email address for our show, itspotlight 401 at com. Again, it's itspotlight 401 at com. You can also follow us and tweet us at itspotlight 401 Again, it's at itspotlight 401 We now have two hashtags until further notice. Those hashtags, itspotlight 401 and it's hashtag itspotlight 401 And then also hashtag ITS5. Again, it's hashtag ITS5 to represent our fifth anniversary. Those are two hashtags. You want to make sure you use one or the other or both when discussing our show on Twitter or reaching out to us on Twitter. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for us using the current title of our show, In the Spotlight with Brian Gardner. That's In the Spotlight with Brian Gardner. That title will be changing soon, but that is the current title you want to use for right now in searching for us on Facebook. And once you find us on Facebook, like our fan page, and then go ahead and post whatever it is you'd like to post. We encourage you to follow us on Facebook and Twitter for the latest show information. You can also consult our main show page here on TalkShoe.com for information about the show, show scheduling. Uh, you want to visit the show page regularly, particularly on show days, usual show days, Tuesdays and Thursdays, and also Fridays and, also, of course, days after normal show days to make sure if you missed an episode or to keep up with any episodes you might miss. So keep in mind you have access to all the episodes since our move to TalkShoe five years ago on the main TalkShoe show page. They're all either in the episode archive at the bottom of the page, or if you're just looking for our most recent episode, you can also find it in the top right-hand corner of the show page in the most recent episode box. So you have access to all of our episodes, access to updates about our episodes, anytime we schedule shows, all that good stuff here on our main show page on TalkShoe.com, which you can check out by searching for us on TalkShoe.com using our full title, In the Spotlight with Brian Garner. So make sure you check that out if you if need be. You can also visit us on our second home, LivesIn.com, which you can do by searching for us on LivesIn using our full show title, In the Spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once you find us on LivesIn, scroll down. You can uh, listen to all of our most recent episodes on there in order from the most recent date to the oldest, to all labor free. So feel free to check us out on our second home, LivesIn.com. You can also check us out, on our, especially right now for our fifth anniversary, you, can, you might be interested in checking us out on our old home, our first home, blogtalkradio.com. Just head over there and search for us using our full current title in the spotlight of Brian Gardner, and that will be changing, but right now that's the current full title of our show. And then once you find our old show page, over to scroll down, you'll find the first ever 31 episodes of our show. Our original 31 episodes are there. They will always be there. So if you are interested in those episodes, feel free to check them out if you're interested over there on blogtalkradio.com. 
You can also visit us on iTunes, Mike. Search for us on iTunes. Search for In the Spotlight with Brian Gardner. In fact, search for In the Spotlight with Brian Gardner. You can do it right now because I have an iPhone and I'm looking at it. In the Spotlight with Brian Gardner. L-I-G-H-T with... Now, you have to spell it B-R-I-A-N. Unlike in my phone, which is B-W-I-A-I-N. Because I'm a jerk. Gardner, and once you're there, go to podcast. Uh, Usually you should see the uh, episode 19. So you click on the episode 19. And once you're there, go to feed, or download episode 19. Once you're there, go to feed. And in feed are all of our episodes. From episode 1, to episode 566, uh, all on TalkShoe, and they should be there for you. So there you go, and that's how you do it. It's in the feed. You have to find us in the feed. And if you'd like, you could subscribe and get every single uh, new song, new song, excuse me, new uh, episode automatically downloaded to your iTunes inbox. Or the cloud. You could use the cloud. It's all right. <laughs> all right. Um, as always, we'd like to thank Jeff Tech for being here tonight. Thank you, Jeff Tech. If we count down to his farewell, I want to thank Mike for being here tonight. Thank you, Mike. Yes, it is time for me to go. Go to sleep because I think my voice is almost gone too. Yeah. Dad. Want to thank myself for another great show. Pat myself on the back and thank all of you for your continued support and your contributions to the show. Thank you so much for listening. More Again, on Thursday, a lot more anniversary stuff coming your way, more retrospectives, more tributes, more best moments, more reminiscing, more fun, big announcements about the future of the show, all that on Thursday. This, tonight was a little bit of a way to whet your appetites. Yes, I know, yesterday was the anniversary, but, again, the way we were doing things, because I'm getting a lot of comments, I know. Relax. It'll pay off. Don't worry. Um, and, of course, also we'll be doing our, some of our usual entertainment stuff. We'll do the box office beat. And, of course, we will also um, do another fall TV report, which will be part five, I believe, of that of that special series. So we'll do that on Thursday as well. So Thursday, a big, big show. And, of course, Friday, Football Friday. So that's what's up the rest of the week as we continue to celebrate our fifth anniversary. Thank you so much for joining us here tonight. Again, uh, AL wildcard game on ESPN right now, 2 nothing Astros in the top of the sixth. If you want to check that out, that is on ESPN. So make sure you do that if you're interested. And that's it for tonight. I hope you all have a great rest of your night, a great Wednesday, and a great Thursday. We'll see you back here broadcasting live here on Talk Show for part two of our fifth anniversary celebration. Coming at you live here on Talk Show at 8 o'clock Eastern time this Thursday, October the 8th. Make sure you tune in for that. Until then, have a good night, everybody. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.